Amen. Amen and amen. Today I'm talking about dealing with the devil. Dealing with the devil. If you have never dealt with the devil, uh, guess what? The devil has dealt with you and he's manipulated you into thinking that he's never dealt with you. Amen. We have all wrestled with the devil. If you've not wrestled with the devil, you're probably wrestling with him right now and just don't know it. Dealing with the devil. Satan knows. I'm going to teach some today. I've been preaching the last few weeks. I'm going to try to teach today because I want you to get this in your spirit and take notes uh, because Satan knows what tickles your ears. He knows, uh, he knows what gets your attention. Uh, and he will take something that you like. He will take something that, 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 that stirs you and magnify it and begins to set a trap for you. And he will, take, he will even take a truth of God uh, in the form that you like it. And he will begin to bait and to lure you in to his trap. In uh, 2 Peter chapter 3, uh, you can just jot it down. It says, and it reminds us that the truth of that the day is coming when the Lord will come again. Aren't you thankful today that the Lord is coming again? That was pretty weak. We must have a, we must have a bunch of people who aren't saved this morning. I'm going to do an altar call at the end of this thing, and y'all better get saved. I said, aren't you thankful today that the Lord is coming again? I can't wait. I'm so excited about it, and I just can't hide it. I'm so excited. I can't wait to hear the trumpet sound. I can't wait for the trumpet sound, and all I leave are my shoes here on this earth. I can't wait to rise up and meet him in heaven. Aren't you thankful for that promise today? The word says in 2 Peter chapter 3 that the day is coming when the Lord will come again. And, he, and they describe the word, he, he's described in the word as he will come like a thief in the night quickly. You won't even know he's there. And, 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 and it says that, that, that the earth then shall be no more. And in light of that big statement, we, the church, the bride, we need to be asking ourselves in this very hour, what kind of people should we be in light of what has happened? And what kind of people shall, should we be in light of what is happening? And what kind of people should we be in light of what is going to happen? Yes, we need to be people that love the Lord, uh, but we must also be a people that understand the tactics and the lies of the enemy. Amen. You've got to know how to deal with Satan this year. And in, and in Ephesians chapter 6 verse 11 is a famous passage of scripture about the armor of God. And in verse 11 it says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles, the wiles, the methods the plots, the tricks, the schemes, the plan of the enemy. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, because of what I just read, Take up the whole armor of God 
that you may be able to withstand the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one, and take the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all of the saints. In other words, put on this full armor of God so that you can fully withstand Satan's attack against you each and every day. And after all of this discourse, at the end of it, as I was reading, it says, after you've clothed yourself, engage in prayer. As we were reading this, this, this context of this soldier is being drawn from the armor of an ancient soldier of that day. And the Bible parallels here the armor of the soldier to things of today that will literally create a defense, a barrier, a hedge of protection around you and your family this year. He said, if you want to win against the enemy this year, he said, your head has to be protected. Uh, when, when Satan gets in your mind, he can get in your heart. When, he, when you allow him to get in your ear, he can immediately find way into all the other venues of your life. You, you, your head, it must be covered. Your mind must be shielded. There is a certain mentality that we, the bride, the church, must possess this year. You have to understand and you have to have the mentality and know that God is the one who delivers you. You've got to know that Jesus is the only way to the Father. I said that Jesus is the only source of salvation this morning. You can do a juice cleanse. You can detoxify yourself. If you're into that stuff, bless your heart. But uh, you, you can do those things, and it may be good for you. But nothing can save you, only the blood of Jesus Christ. You've got to know that, that he's my savior, that he's my hope. He's my everything this year. He said, he said not, not only your mind, but, but your vital organs have to be protected. The part of you that is responsible for inhaling and exhaling, your, your heart, your, 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 your organs, your, your core, it must be covered in righteousness. He said, gird up your loins, uh, gird up your waist with truth. That is so interesting. And as I was thinking about the waist and the loins with truth, I was, it was kind of revealed to me that this is the area of your reproductive systems. That means this year, you've got to be sure that you are girded up with the truth so that you do not reproduce what is wrong. And the church does not reproduce what Satan is telling us. 
so that the church does not reproduce the lies of the enemy because he's whispering in the ear of pastors this morning. He is whispering in the ear of laymen and women this morning. And he's telling them, dumb it down. Don't, 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 don't go that far. Don't, 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 don't go there yet. If I were you, I would call that a sin in this day. And in this hour, we have got to be sure that we are not reproducing the lies of Satan. Can I get an amen this morning? Your heart, your, your heart, it has to be in proper alignment with God. It says your feet must be shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. It said you must have a shield of faith. In the ancient times, the shield was so big that literally the entire body could get behind it. It is the shield. It is your faith. And it is that faith that protects those flaming arrows from hitting you. Has anyone ever been in a season where it felt like Satan was literally literally just shooting arrows at you. It was like, it was like he was doing everything. Anybody ever been in one of those seasons? It's your faith that, 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 that hides you. And, and, and it's, it's your faith that keeps you. Now I'm very much aware talking about armor. It's, it's about fighting. Uh, I'm very much aware that there are, there are a lot of different personalities in this room and there are some people that are not confrontational and then there are some people who love confrontation some people as soon as they see confrontation they, they, they go run in a closet and some people as soon as they see it they're like here I am Lord send me I'll do it <laughs> don't just love those people but no matter where you are at on the confrontational meter no matter where you want it or you don't, no matter if you like to engage in it or not, the truth of the matter is that warfare has already engaged with you. And now we have to engage with it or it will overtake you. And the enemies that are against you, they are so numerous that if you are not properly clothed, victory will be impossible for you this year. The Bible begins to warn us and instruct us that we have to be able to stand against the wiles or the methods or the systems of the enemy. And you need to get this in your notes today, get this in your spirit, in your mind today, because the enemy is so skillful. The enemy is so cunning. And you need to understand that Satan does not act out in open warfare. You probably will never see his face. Why? Because he's a coward. Satan, the enemy, will never meet you face to face. Understand that Satan is a coward. He will never come at you face to face. He always operates in secrets. He always operates in darkness. He can't come out face to face because he can't stand the light. He's always in darkness. He comes subtly. He comes cunningly. And we talk a lot and we sing a lot about the power of God, which we should and which we do. But we also are in such a day where 
it is imperative that we understand the power uh, that, that, that Satan is working in and that we understand that he does typically not come to overwhelm you with power, but he comes subtly, he comes quietly, and he tries to outsmart you. He tries to outwit you. In 1 Peter 5 verse 8, it says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. All because of this, you have to arm yourself. You have to be convinced and know in your mind, Jesus is my deliverer. You've got to know that you are saved. You've got to know that you are a son of God. You've got to know that you are a daughter of the Most High. You've got to know that you are part of a royal priesthood, somebody. You've got to know that when you call his name, he hears you. You've got to have some confidence about you. The enemy doesn't like what is happening in this house. I said the enemy does not like what is happening in this house. The enemy hates that almost every seat on this floor, a lot of them are filled. He can't stand what is happening in this house. And I know this because as I continue to hear testimonies of what God is doing in your life and in your house and in your children, as I continue to hear testimonies of people that don't even uh, come to church here, they just watch or listen throughout the week and they're talking about how the word has touched them and changed their life. And as those testimonies continue to increase, the firsthand stories of Satan's craftiness also continues to grow. I, how do I know he hates what is happening? Because one day uh, we, we, we launched our intercessory prayer team for this year and they gathered and they filled up an entire room of people that wanted to intercede. And within 24 hours, Satan began to stir the waters of so many people. How do I know he hates what happened this week? Because last week we came together, both services filled, people were saved in both services. And in less than 24 hours, I'm getting texts of stories of, of, of bad health and bad things happening and Satan trying to get in the homes of this house. And, it's, and, and it all lets me know that the enemy is mad and that we are in warfare. We've got to fight. We've got to get some angst in us. We've got to get some grit. And we've got to understand that before a wrestler gets into the ring, before a boxer gets into the ring, before a team steps out on the court, before a team gets out on the field, they know that a competitor will meet them there. They will be able to see them. And when they see them, they'll be able to assess them. They know who they're playing. We have three kids in three sports. And the 
calendar's crazy and we can see who they're playing and, 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 and we know where they're from and we know how good they're going to be or how not so good the other team is going to be. And, 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 and so many times teams get together when they know who their enemy is going to be that week and they can watch videos and study their opponent. But in the physical life, you often have a time, uh, uh, in, a, in the physical life, you often have time to study your adversary before you get on the field with them. But what do you do when the enemy that is after you is invisible and you can't see him? How do you know he's messing with you? How do you fight? You need to understand today that we are all in warfare. If you think you're not, you are. If you're saved, you're in warfare. If you're lost, Satan is fighting to keep you away from truth. You're in warfare. And the enemy is constantly seeking to devour us. He is constantly trying to divide us. He is constantly trying to outsmart and outwit us. And we are constantly all throughout the day being baited. He does not come as one who looks mean. He does not come like we think Satan. He doesn't show up on our front porch with a pitchfork and horns and a tail. But he uses people. I told you she's a devil. I told you to leave her alone. He doesn't come dressed in red. But yet he comes with invitations. He comes in a way that seems harmless. He comes in a way that you think, maybe. And he will use whatever you give him to work with. Give him an inch, he'll take a mile. So today we need to ask ourselves, what am I giving the devil permission to work with? What is not covered in my life? Is it my prayer life? Is it my home? Is it my finances? Is it my faith? Is it my children? You need to ask yourself this question because you cannot continue to do what is wrong and expect to get the right results. But let me tell you something that has crept into the church that is warfare. Let me tell you about something that has crept into homes of those people of the faith. It is a defiant spirit that is moving in sanctuaries all across America this morning. A defiant spirit. There's a defiant spirit and it's telling us that we can no longer call sin, sin. It's a defiant spirit that is telling the church, you've got to be politically correct. Thank you. And because of this defiant spirit, we now are forsaken truth, all at the expense of being relevant to everyone and being politically correct. 
And now, since we have bought into the warfare, now judgment cannot even come into the house of God. Now, you say, well, what do you mean? Now, there are so many afraid to even point out the wrong in people. Now, pastors are afraid, leaders are afraid to point out the truth. Because if you point out the truth, you're labeled. You're not relevant. You're a hater. If you point out the truth that homosexuality is a sin, that's what you get. Oh, he didn't say that. If you point out the fact that all this argument over gender and gender assignment is a plan, a scheme from the pit of hell, all of a sudden, do you don't want to go there. They're one of those. And now, pastors, leaders, people of faith are in this warfare of what do I do? And now we, are, we the church, are being influenced by the outside world because we've bought into the lie of this is how you grow a church in this day. Woo! I was reading a blog by a well-known, maybe one of the most subscribed to Christian blogs for pastors and leaders. And it, it made me mad this week. I normally don't even open it. I don't know why I did this week. I shouldn't have done it. I took the bait. I opened it. This goes out to millions of people. And he's talking about church growth. And he said, if you want to grow this year, your services cannot be over an hour. If you don't have an hour to give a week to the Lord, you need to get saved. If you don't have an hour to give, come on, y'all. You watch more TV than that. You're on social media more than that. Some of you own it right now because you're bored. Everybody's eyes just went. Gotcha. That's conviction. That's warfare. Don't you buy into it. An hour. And now we've bought into this thing of this is how you grow a church in today. You don't talk about hot topics. You don't preach about those. You just straddle the fence. And guess what? That's being lukewarm. And he says it's, it's, it's those people in the church that he wants to spew out of his mouth. Thank you. And we feel that there's more people on that side of the fence So we better conform if we want to grow. We better form if we want to be relevant. And it feels as if 
you can do what you want to do and walk in here and we're just going to put a stamp of approval on him so that other people connected you are not offended by the fact that we corrected you. Woo! Need my boots on today. People want to be in leadership in the church, but they don't want to live according to the word. But the truth of the matter is that you cannot keep doing what is wrong and expect to get what is right. And the enemy keeps messing with the mind of the bride and we just keep conforming to this defiant spirit. The enemy does not start picking on you uninformed. He's not God. He doesn't know everything. He's, he studied you. You don't feel like you're in, you're, you're in warfare? Guess what? He's studying you. He said, what makes you tick? What ticks you off? I can tell some of y'all. I've seen your Facebook post. What gets under your skin? What gets you a little excited? He's studying you. He doesn't stumble upon you blindly, but he has studied you. He knows you. He knows your family. He knows your lineage. He he knows your family tree. In the the book of Revelation, he's called an old serpent. It means he's been around a while. He's, He's got a few tricks up his sleeve. He's not uninformed, so he will use methods that have been proven as a success from generation to generation. His tactics had worked so well that he even tried it on Jesus Christ. Well, turn it into bread. He is strategic. His goal is to leave the body of Christ impotent or without power. He wants to leave you spiritually impure. He wants to leave you spiritually distraught, making you feel bad. So you can't, so it makes you feel like you cannot even step into church. It makes you feel like I've gone too far that I cannot even approach the, the, the throne room. He wants to leave you in a state of unbelief. Because if the people of God don't even believe the word of God, then he understands that the sword of the spirit is the word of God. And if he can get you to doubt the word of God and lay down the sword of the spirit, you have no weapon to fight with. If you're not reading your word, you have no weapon to fight with. You should be reading every day. If you're one of those who you've not read, you may not, you may can't start with a whole chapter. Just read one sentence. Start there. I'm telling you, because if you are not reading, you have laid down your weapon. You've laid down the sword of the spirit. And he wants to get the church, the bride, to say, I don't even know if I believe that. There's no way he flooded the earth. There's there's no way. He wants to get you in in, in these little debacles and and, and griping and fussing with saints on Facebook and doing polls to get you to, to start doubting even the promises of God. He wants to get you there so you lay down the word so you don't have a weapon. He will do anything that he can do to separate you from God. Satan will do anything he can to isolate you. He loves isolation, being by yourself. He loves it. If you've ever watched National Geographic or a similar broadcasting network, and when they're out in the jungle, 
and they're following the lion. And it's like they're right there with it. I told first service, I don't know how they do it without getting eaten alive. It's like, where, how close are you? Like you can see the pupil of that lion. And it's walking around, and it's like it always comes up out of the valley, and it's peering over the valley. And there's an, a wide open field of prey, and they will follow that lion. What does that lion do? He can't eat every single member of the flock. So he goes in and he is running around until finally he isolates one and devours it. And guess what? Satan is doing the same trick in the church. He is getting you isolated because when he isolates you, it's with the purpose of terminating you. Isolation leads to termination. He wants you gone. And this is why God has put us in flocks. To stick together. I'm going to make some people mad. So if you're watching online, mute me. But this online church stuff. If you're sick in your body, you, you're not physically well, you can't get up out of your bed, you're in the hospital, bless you. That's why we do it. But if you are still hanging on to this COVID mentality that you can't come into a house of the Lord, you are buying into Satan's plan for you. Period. You can unsubscribe. You can unfollow all you want to. But he has isolated you. And he wants to isolate you. He, he don't want you to come to church. He don't want you to be around brothers and sisters to encourage you. No, no, he don't, he, don't, he don't want you to see the truth of the revelation. So he will isolate you. The enemy is priming some of us. He is, he is marinating some of us. He is buttering us up for a little shake and bake. And he's invited you to dinner, but you don't understand that you are his meal. And you just keep accepting it. You just keep coming up to the table. One day he's going to eat you. One day he will devour you. The old servant, he's clever and cunning. He has strategies that he used. In these next 10 or so minutes, I'm going to give you these strategies. Write these down. These are strategies of Satan. Number one, first strategy, preparation. We are all in, a, we are all in one of these right here. Preparation is when the enemy wants to learn about you. He wants to learn your desires. He wants to find out if you are even aware of what God wants to do in your life. He wants to, he wants to, he wants to find out, do you even have an inkling of what God's trying to do? Because the word says where there is no vision, the people perish. If, if you have no vision and you're not aware that God is even trying to do something in your life, it's a bigger target on your back. He in, 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 in this preparation phase, he, he investigates your commitment to God. He wants to know your ambitions. He wants to know how much do you cost? How much is it going to cost me to get his soul? He then moves from preparation to, to phase two, temptation. 
Once he's learned your weakness, once he's learned how much it's going to cost to get you to buy in, there is temptation. This is where the plan and plot are tested on you. This is the stage that he, that, that allows him to see how much of the desire has taken root in your heart. How much of that thing that he put in front of you? How many times did you grab it? How many times did you bite it? See, he cannot read your mind or your heart because he's not God. He does not have those power. So he knows what has taken root by what comes out of your mouth. Some of you got a big mouth. That's why when God gives you a dream, you don't go around telling everybody about it. Because Satan will hear it. That's why he loves for you to gossip about somebody. He can hear and then bait it. He loves when you start talking. He loves it so he can get it and use it as bait. Satan understands that God also has a similar system. Because whenever you are listening to the word, whenever you are listening to, in, 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 a, in a moment like this, someone's preaching a word like today, and you're listening to the word, in order for that word that, that is preached to actually take root and bear fruit in your life, Mark 4 says that that word must first be tested. But the problem is the church has gotten so weak that in the moments of testing, the first thing that we release is the word. We release the church. I, I can't do it. My schedule's full. The first thing I'm going to cut, the church. How about you cut a sport out? How about you cut a little hobby out? You can't afford to cut out God in this year. I said you cannot afford. Your child cannot afford for you to cut out God this year. If they can spend 10 hours on a field somewhere, they can spend an hour and a half in church on a, a week. Woo! Feeling it. The church has got to learn how to hold on to the word of God in the time of testing. We've got to learn his promises. We've got to get up in the morning and quote them. God, I know today's going to be a day, but I believe you are not going to leave me. You're not going to forsake me. Lord, I know today is a day of testing. Lord, but I know I am an overcomer. I know that I am more than a conqueror because you loved me. Lord, I know it. We've got to hold on to the word. When Satan is testing you, he's tempting you. And when Jesus was speaking of a model of prayer, he said, lead us not into temptation. And a temptation that is being put before the flock, the church today, is the temptation of, will you still do what God says, even if it makes you look bad in the eyes of people around you? Will you still do what is written even if it goes against what the world is speaking? Will you still do what is real? Will you still do what God set before you even if nobody else is doing it? It's a temptation that the church is biting at. The church. I'm not talking about the lost people. I'm talking about the church today. The church is biting at this. Can we still preach the truth in this society? 
Can we still get up and say things out of the word and still grow? And, there, and we're biting this, this, this bait. He will tempt your conviction with popularity. Teenagers, we see it all the time. They're in children's church. They were raised in church. We've prayed over these kids. We've dedicated them to the work of the Lord. We've prayed over their families. And then they get in that middle school and high school range where they start working out their own salvation. And they start questioning. And so often, they will give up what they've been taught and their conviction because it's not popular. They will give it up because of what they're watching. They're watching what Oprah does. What did Dr. Phil say? They're watching these famous athletes who have satanic messages on their clothing that they sell. And they're allowing, they're taking the bait of what is popular over their conviction. He will tempt your beliefs with wokenness. You need to be awake more than you need to be woke. Because whenever you are awake in the spirit, you will see through wokeness. You will see through those schemes, those, those wiles of Satan. Some of you are looking at me like, oh my gosh, what's he saying today? I'm just speaking truth to you today. And at the end of the day, it's not about how you see me. It's about how God sees me. Man, help me out this morning. The devil comes with preparation. He comes with temptation. And number three, condemnation. He begins this part by accusing you. He will accuse you to yourself and then accuse you to others. You don't want anything to do with him. Too far gone. Grace, grace can't reach that. He will tell you just how unworthy you are. But you must understand that Satan is the accuser of the brethren. The Bible gave him this title so that the church could know he is constantly giving false accusations against you. He will call you a hypocrite. He'll call the church a hypocrite to get you not to go. If I've ever heard it once, I've heard it a million times. The church is just full of hypocrites. Yes, we all have sinned and fallen short, but some of us aren't playing with Satan anymore. Some of us actually learned the lesson. Can I get an amen, church? We're not better than you, but we've been there. And he lies to you say, you know, they're all hypocrites. He will, he will call you those things. And before you know it, you begin to see yourself as the enemy sees you. And before you know it, you've actually come into agreement with Satan. You've actually sh shook his hand. You've actually signed on the list. And before you know it, when you come into agreement with him, all of a sudden you stop praying. You stop going to church. You stop serving, you stop giving, you stop reading the word. In other words, you laid down your weapons and as he deceived you, you started disarming yourself. 
right where he wants you. And the question is, if he beats you up that bad with your armor on, what will he do when you are disarmed and naked? You thought that was bad. If you ever have known someone who's been in warfare, and if you've ever been in warfare, if you know of someone who has been through the preparation phase and you watched as they went through the temptation and you watched as they walked through the condemnation, it's so painful to watch them slip away. And you're just like, wake up. You ever want to shake somebody and just say, wake up? I, I, I want to shake some of y'all sometimes. It's like, wake up. Can you not see that is the devil? Wake up. It's painful to watch them slip away. It's painful to watch because a lot of people cannot survive the condemnation strategy. It's too much. But I have good news this morning because there's another phase to this plan that God has added to Satan's plan. Because after the preparation, after the temptation, and after the condemnation, aren't you thankful that when Satan's plan ends, God's plan is just beginning for you? Aren't you thankful for that today? That whenever his plan, you think it's coming to it, God's plan is just getting started. Because after the preparation, after the temptation, after the condemnation, God's plan is restoration. I'm so thankful for restoration. If you're alive, you've probably been restored. If you've got breath in your lungs today, it's probably because God has restored you. You should have been dead, but he restored you. Your car should have wrapped around that telephone pole, but he just, he, he moved that car. He restored you. You should have died when you had COVID, but he restored you. Galatians 6 1 says this if you see your brother overtaken in a fault or any trespass you who are spiritual restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness considering yourself lest you also be tempted did you catch that we the church is where restoration begins that's why he don't want you in the church. That's why you were sleepy this morning. It was raining and you rolled over five times. Don't lie. And you contemplated. Oh, I'm going. Just got my hair done. No, I ain't going down the rain. It said, you who are spiritual, restore them. Restoration for your brother and sister begins with you who are spiritual. Who are the spiritual ones? Let me remind you who the spiritual people are. The spiritual ones are those that have failed before. The spiritual ones are those who know what it is because they too have been broken before. That's been spiritual. Spiritual ones are the ones that do not talk or boast about how spiritual they are, but the only thing they boast in is the goodness of God. And at some point, the spiritual 
must approach the brothers and sisters. How? With love and a spirit of gentleness and let them know what you are doing is not good for you. I've been there before. I've been in the preparation. I've been in the temptation. I've been in the condemnation. I'm telling you, you're in some warfare right now. And if you, listen, listen, what you are doing right now, it will, it will, it, it's going to impact the rest of your life. At some point, those that are spiritual, we have to let them know you are coming into an agreement with Satan. You are giving into his strategies. Get this. Satan will surround you with people that enable warfare. Look around. Just because she's good looking doesn't mean she's for you. Can I get an amen? Just because he's got big biceps and a body like this (laughs) making sure you're awake today devil is a liar doesn't mean that it's good for you he will dress people up that come running to your side right when you've been hurt by the church you've been hurt by somebody and they will come in and they will pull you out it's how he works he will put people in your path to enable the warfare But God will surround you with people who understand the devastation of sin and Satan's processes. Who is surrounding you? The church, we need to get in the spirit. Because when you get in the spirit, you can see through wiles. You can see through tactics. You need to get in the spirit and you need to get around people who've been in the spirit. People who are in the spirit can see through the tactics of the enemy. They know that everybody has a struggle. They they know that everybody has has fallen. The people on your road, guess what? They may have a struggle. You may have a struggle, but I want to declare it today that today something's getting ready to turn around in your favor today. Come on, get up on your feet. Something's getting ready to be released on you today. Somebody's getting their armor back on today. Amen. I said somebody's going to put on something over your head where the enemy cannot get in your mind. Somebody today, God is, come on, will you just raise up your hands with me? Say today, God restore me. God, I need restoration today. God, I need